0: Hello, everybody. Um, this is Alfonso. I'm just letting you know. Um, you are listening to edition of you're about to listen to edition of the Talking Pop with Fanchise and Abiko. Let you know this podcast is brought to you by Podbean, which you can access podcasts on the go and also give you the tools to create your own podcast. Also, now this podcast is also available on Spotify. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, geeks, fanboys, fangirls, tacos from around the world. This is the Talking Pop with Franchise and Biko, which is the podcast that pretty much talks about anything in the world of pop culture. As always, I'm your host, franchise and this week I'm joined back by Biko.
1: Hey, guys. How's it going? Uh, I know it's been a long time now. I'm kind of being stuck with a few things as far as life goes, but I'm happy to be back.
0: Yeah, you've been pretty busy now, man. Oh uh,
1: fuck! Yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, but a lot of stuff is, a lot of stuff has happened, and it's been a long summer, at least as far as pop culture is concerned. And, and trying to get back into swing of things, um, and informing myself on things. Uh, as far as like comic book and things, we saw Venom the other day, and if you guys haven't seen it already, uh, I suggest you wait till it comes out on streaming platforms instead of giving your hard-earned money into the theater. Uh, <laughs> if that doesn't ring any bells, I don't know what does. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, it It's something that i still very much hit or miss on, which is fine. I think, you know, everyone's got their opinion on what they see and what they like. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I was looking forward to this movie... Uh, because it's one of my favorite characters in the Marvel Universe, especially in the Spider-Man universe, and he's one of my favorite enemies. And I was just surprised that they even gave him a solo movie, but it's Sony, and you know how Sony is with Marvel property. They they think they have a hold on things, and they think they can do it, but it's kind of like uh, showing somebody a new trick and them thinking they know everything right away. And so Sony, as far as I'm concerned, went ahead and... Uh, that they could do you know get away with a certain property and, and, and trying their best at using their what's left of their license to put something out which uh, I feel with the given time frame that they had they could have def- and considering that they had uh, a prolific actor such as Tom Hardy help was it executive produce um it's uh, it's something interesting I uh which I don't know if it's gonna be the focus of this episode particularly, but I I want to talk about it because it's fucking. I was I was hoping it was gonna be decent or that they were gonna do a better job at approaching these things. Um, I don't know if you guys were aware or if you guys got to see the Spider Man, the Amazing Spider Man, the two movies that they made for, <laughs> through Sony. And um, if you were a fan, that's great. I uh, I. They didn't like those movies. They were just very clunky. No offense to Andrew Garfield or anything. He did what he could for the material, but goddamn, were these movies not necessary. But hey, you know, it's 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 always nice to see people do different takes with uh, different intellectual properties, but God, Sony reminds me of fucking having, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Zack Snyder. Sony reminds me of Zack Snyder when it comes to making these comic book movies to where it's like, God, just give somebody else the fucking reins. Like, what are they doing? Uh, I don't know, Fon, so what do you think?
0: I mean, Biko, um, pretty much, like like I said, um, yeah, the movie, you know, I know we we're going to talk about them today, you know, we we're going to talk about, you know, Biko, how he started with pop culture and stuff. Because, you know, I'm trying to do a whole series of interviews, you know, just to get into the world, like, try to share, you know how pop culture influences uh, our lives. You know, last week I did, a, you know, we had our roommate Armando. We had him last week on the show, which was awesome. Like, we talked so much to the point where we were running out of time because we only got a limited time here. Um, but, yeah, we were going to talk about the Venom movie, and honestly, I did enjoy it. You know, they had to work with what they had because, honestly, Sony is trying to create, like, a Sony Marvel Universe. Basically, that's what they're calling it because, you know, even though they got that whole deal with Marvel, uh, with Marvel Studios about allowing the use to use of Spider-Man in their movies, but Sony still gets like distribution and all that, it's just, you know, Sony's trying to say, hey, we want to get a little extra money, let's use the other characters, you know, we're going to branch off from Spider-Man and pretty much, you know, say, hey, let's make a universe that Spider-Man does not exist, you know, let's start with Venoms, I know they're playing a Morbius movie and a Kraven Hunter movie, they were going to play in a Super Sable and Black Cat movie, and I'm like, you know, they're trying. Sony is trying because, you know, now with, like, Fox and Disney, it looks like that deal's going to be closing, and Marvel Studios is going to get all those rights of those characters back. Sony's trying to be the last holdout to hold on to these characters because they don't realize they're getting the money. They're, like, now only Marvel Studios is getting some of the money, but, this, like, Sony's getting some of the money from the Spider-Man deal, but... I mean, get me wrong, Hardy, Tom Hardy's a good actor. I mean, he's a great actor it comes to different roles. You know, he was Bane, he was in these other characters, I liked him as Bane, because it kind of gave, like, a Bane like a whole intellectual side. But, Tom Hardy, you know, like I said, he's a good actor, but the only thing I do enjoy from the Venom movie was pretty much, like, the interaction between Venom and Hart and, and Eddie Brock, you know. It was kind of funny. <laughs> like, uh, pretty much, like, and of course the CG was great, you know, they made Venom big. you know. As opposed to the Topher Grace from Spider Man Three, which he was like a skinny venom. Honestly, they they could have done better with that, but you know, what's his name? Uh, Sam Raimi was pretty much rushed to get this movie out and pretty much screwed up by having too many villains and too many stories like intertwined. You know, having, you know, oh, Harry Osborn getting revenge on Peter Parker because he finds out he killed his dad. And then you got, you know, the whole Sandman was the one who who was responsible, was one of the guys responsible for Uncle Ben being shot and whole whole um, Peter Parker uh, getting contact with the symbiote thing. And it, it was like a whole thing. It was a whole fuck-up, you know, trying to get that movie done. Oh, I don't know. But like I say, with Venom-wise, you know, the action was good. I mean, yeah, it was over the top. The story was alright. Like I said, they had to work with what they have. You know, they had to work. You know, you know they didn't want to mention Spider Man or anything. At least they know how to pronounce symbiotes. Instead, instead, like if you remember the first trailers, they were saying symbiotes. That weird pronunciation to the point that yeah, they were able to fix that because there was a lot of fan black backlash online saying they can They don't know how to pronounce symbiotes right, and it was like fucking nuts because it's like they had to get it right, and finally they were able to fix it and say, "Oh, they're symbiotes." You know, but that was cool how they try to say, oh, they're from our space," because that's basically how, you know, the whole Venom thing was. You know, he was a symbiotic creature. They came on a space mission. You know, they mentioned uh, J. Jonah Jameson Jr. I'm surprised they mentioned him. That was the only connection yeah, they had that to the Spider-Man universe, like Jameson. That was the only connection, somewhat connection to the Spider-Man universe. But, um, yeah, you know, the only thing I like, like I said, I like the interaction between Venom and Hardy, because when there's this one scene when pretty much when, Hardy was already With Venom And he was about to And Venom was like Oh come on jump And then he decides To take the elevator And Venom's like Pussy <laughs> you know, um. That was fucking hilarious And And then Venom's like Oh I'm a loser too my planet And it was like It was like Oh okay You're trying to Sit this Venom and of course They were trying to Go the whole Anti-hero route So he's not Technically a villain He's more like An anti-hero But like I said This is a solo outing and of course, they had the villain riot in there, so they had that. And of course, um, spoiler: alert if you guys have not seen the movie, there was only one post-credit scene, guys. There's not; they didn't do it like they had like two scenes at the end. They didn't have scenes after the credits. They just had one mid-credit scene. And pretty much, I'm gonna spoil it for you guys. Um, basically, he brought guy's reporting job back and pretty much got an interview. He had to do this interview with his prison inmate, who requested him personally. And pretty much was um David uh Cassidy who um, pretty much is if you guys read the comics, he's Carnage. And pretty much and out of blue makes it you see the red hair, you kinda know that's him, and then pretty much starts around it's Woody Fucking Harrison dude playing Carnage and apparently he did sign a deal with them to appear as Carnage, so that's it's supposed to set up for a sequel. So like I said, and of course you add Michelle Williams into the mix, you know, I was surprised she got cast and I didn't know that as the love interest for Eddie Brock. And it's kinda of funny, we actually gotta see a little bit of she venom. We all gotta see her for a few seconds,
1: which is hilarious. Yeah, it was interesting. Um I don't know, I they the problem with this movie that I'm sure I guess if you make the rounds of researching and whatnot that it's a pretty common consensus is that it has no idea what it wants to fucking be it wants to be a comedy, it wants to be an action movie, it wants to be horror, it wants to be whatever, but it doesn't, it doesn't narrow anything down to anything. It doesn't, It. it's very choppy with the flow and what it's trying to consist of, I guess a story. I mean, it's. it doesn't really have one, like you, as it does its due diligence for trying to build a background and a character and how the symbiote comes to the, to the earth and all that, but it's, what I did like is that they did throw in some some sort of like their own, uh, I guess it gave it strength to these things being crazy that they needed a host to live. But then what sucks is that they don't like there's no there's no coherence. coherency on the there's no consistent no no sequ- like sequence that it follows. It's just bouncing from back and forth back and forth. And then we we do get like background on Brock, considering that he has a pretty prolific career as an investigative reporter who doesn't who isn't afraid to go through certain depths to get the inside scoop on things. And so he builds he builds quite a successful career for him. You see, he gets like he works on the network. He he has his own his own like I want to say half hour whatever they make it for. And so when he gets certain stories, he gets a story on this, like, Elon Musk-type character who is doing genetic experiments on, like, how to cure cancer. But on behind the scenes, he's doing other shit, which Brock goes into investigating. So the beginning of the movie kind of starts out a little more coherent, and they try to build that. But at the same time, it's like, what is this, a a romance? Like, they, they try to build the relationship between him and Michelle Williams and him having some sort of conflict and... They try to develop his character more, but then they, at the same time, once, once the the symbiote kind of goes, it, once the the Elon Musk type character who is technically the villain in the movie, I want to say, the antagonist. Carlton Drake, to, yeah,
0: Carlton Drake was his name. Yeah, like, yeah Carlton Drake.
1: Yeah. yeah, his his antagonist to the story because he wants to use the symbiotes because he symbiotes
0: has, to remember symbiotes.
1: was Symbiotes to. Uh, to and he's using human experiments to, as for trials and which is obviously unethical but in this universe it's he has so much fucking money and it, and he's he's picking poor people off the streets of what is it san francisco yeah those story the place in new york yeah. whatever but they they do that so it becomes oh, it's okay and He's such a charismatic character. With the guy who plays him, I've seen him in other things, but he was he was charismatic as as being in that the antagonist. But he gets so enthralled with this his research because he has so much power because he has a lot of money and he's viewed in the public as this guy who's who's making groundbreaking research in, in genetics and curing cancers and all that. And so. He has his team trying to... Once they grab the symbiotes uh, from space and they have them and he's running experimental trials on humans and then you see that's where you start to see his, his uh, conflicting nature and how he doesn't really see humans as that. As, if anything, he f- sees himself as sort of a... Not a Thanos type, but like a, a, a point that this is his purpose that he has to, like, human... Whatever, like these people were already... I guess... Th- uh, expendable and So He he sets himself up as a bad guy and, and then Eddie Brock goes and tries to investigate And he gets pushed away because he, he Brings up information that was Hitting too close to home for the guy And he found out some things that uh, that The guy was trying to bury deep Within investigative uh, Lawsuits and Things like that and so The first like hour or so of the movie, you're just you're you're getting somewhat of a a a basic story. But then, once the Venom character gets introduced, when uh, they show he breaks out the lab because Eddie Brock tries to go in because one of the scientists that's on this on the Drakes Carlton Drake's team, she doesn't like that he's being unethical, and so she reaches out to Eddie because. Well, after Eddie tries to have the interview with the guy, it goes sour and, and basically he kind of blacklists him into the community. And so she tries to let him in and he gets so dissuaded by it that he doesn't want to like, put his name out like that because it's been trashed and whatnot. So he takes the chance on there because he gives her, he, he shows her some, or she shows him a lot of evidence showing that this guy's running trials on poor people, poor humans who signed up because they're desperate. And then so he's running these trials with the three different um, symbiotes that they collect in space. And then you see them. In, so the sequencing which with the symbiotes, they show that they try to gravitate to the hosts, which are the human bodies. And then they show that it doesn't go. It doesn't last very long. So this guy's character is trying to find the ultimate, the perfect host, right? So that's where Venom comes in, obviously. And this guy, and then we see that Tom Hardy and him have a good connection, and he's the perfect host, hence why we see the, uh, Tom Hardy going through the trials of his body, trying to adapt to the symbiote that's taking him over. And then, uh, and then that's where it just, like, kind of gets lost in the shuffle. And yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't even know what the fuck it wants to be. <laughs> like, the Venom tries to be, like, this... Wisecracking symbiote who is like the voice in his head, and Eddie Brock loses all, everything. Really, he loses his fa- he loses his job,
0: loses his girl, he
1: loses his girl, his ha- his apartment. He has to move back to I want no idea. Yeah, it's w- still San Francisco for some fucking reason. But he said he moved to New York to San Francisco to be with her. But then they broke up because he, which was before all that, was, he took yeah. some of her information on the on the laptop, and so she- so she felt that he was using her, which. Um the way you look at it, okay, sure, like yeah, he shouldn't have seen the the confidential documentary documents overnight after their the lovemaking making or whatever the fucking shit it was, and then she over exact i guess what you however you see it for that to just like blow up in his face like okay, and so you just see him down on dumps. So that's what led him into, like, breaking into the thing because of the information he got. The girl helped him out, and then he breaks out of the lab because he sees uh, uh, one of one of the homeless people he recognizes from the street that he passes by every day. Uh, she was caught in one of the lab rooms, and he sees her get taken over, yada, yada, and then he breaks the glass to get her out, but then it's too late. And that's when he gets infected. So once he gets attached to the Venom character, that's where it, like, turns into an action movie. But it's it's like an action slash trying to be comedy. It's it's I don't I don't know. It, it's such a lost cause of a movie that it's sad to see because this guy is such a great actor, and and when you see that, like he also produced it, and, and they're like, ah, and they have such a good director, and like he the director's a guy, who... Ruin Fleischer, yeah, yeah, he did Zombieland. Like what the fuck? And then you see this movie, and it's like that you don't get any of that at all. It's just some weird campy jokes sly little things and action and from there it's just a roller coaster you don't know what the hell's going on really it, it, it's just like does it want to be scary does it not want to be scary he's unstoppable for some reason like i remember venom being like that but if that was the case then spider-man wouldn't stand no chance against him well i
0: kind of like for the fact they exposed that weakness of sound though
1: yeah yeah that's good that they use that and apparently fire cool too to which it, i guess the it's fire weird. and he names it too
0: like he gives him the weaknesses yeah
1: so, like, as basic as it's sounding, it, 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 like, if you're not familiar with the character, then it's you don't get the perfect overview on him, but you do get a point to where it's like, all right, he has his kryptonite. These symbiotes from space aren't exactly undefeated or, like, impenetrable, but it's so fucking weird. Like, I don't... It, it, some part of me wants to be like, this is an unnecessary, and some part of me wants to be like, okay, cool, at least they made a movie on him. I was just excited they're doing it, but at the same time, what I've read is that people are like, alright, well if they were doing this, it's cool, but why didn't they just fucking do it with Spider-Man? Or they could have just done it uh, with this new Marvel adaptation once they got the license, but back, like they could have just thrown him into the mix. But that's a whole other issue. Yeah, it was like,
0: like I said, it was like Sony's calling that one.
1: Yeah, but Sony's been like that forever. It's like, I see Sony as, as Adam Sandler's fuck-up. Like that's all they do is just fuck shit up. For what it's worth, and I, the movie is the movie. I I I've seen some reviews on it, and like there's one of my favorite reviewers. If you haven't seen it, is like I ate everything, and he reviewed that along with some other movies that came out earlier in the summer. Uh, and he gave this movie a half a star out of five. Wow! Yeah. Which, to be honest, like was it harsh? No, because he has some valid points. But a half a star is a half a star. The only reason I would give it one star is only because you could see Tom Hardy trying. But the but he the valid points he brings up too is which I agree with is the dialogue so 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 vague and, and not the best and it's just dumb. The inner the inner the inner mind play between him and Venom making him seem like a schizophrenic and comes off as a little desperately stupid. and But, like, yeah, you give them a comedic feel, and it's like, you, and when we're in the audience, like, you hear some people laughing at some of the cheeseball courtiness, but at the same time, it's like, if the movie established itself as a certain theme towards the beginning, then maybe the little slide jokes would have hit better. But since it was all over the place, you couldn't get that. Like, all the action parts, the best part of the movie for me was just the car scenes, yeah. the chase down. And that's only because you got to see his abilities and shit. But everything else is just so random. i just like, what? He like, eh. was always back and forth with this girl, trying to get her back. And then, like, she ends up dating somebody else who's a doctor. And he's trying to help him. And it's like, what in the right way? Like, I get it because it's his job. But there's no... There's no, like, conflict that was even building in the tension between him and, and, like, the doctor. It's like they became buddy-buddy right away just because he was... Like, he gave her service because, like, oh, that's my girlfriend, so i am going to impress her. But then she clearly showed that she didn't want anything to do with him anymore. And this guy's like, oh, well, I want to help Eddie because I'm a doctor. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, what 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 boyfriend of the current girlfriend wants to help Help her ex, ex, yeah. Like no, it's like if you've ever been in a relationship before, like dude, like and then they they cast the perfect guy to be that doctor, which I've seen him before and in like different shit, like a lot of sitcoms and like different movies too, and he's a good actor. I just can't name him because he's just that guy. He's that character actor, and he did the, a good job, whatever. But if you lo- if you respect Venom enough, or if you like Tom Hardy, go ahead and support the movie. But I. This type of movie is perfect for if you're on... It's a Saturday and you're not doing anything and you just pop up Netflix or some shit and you're like, oh, okay, this movie's out on streaming now. Let me watch it. Because for a two-hour long movie, it goes by pretty fast because the pacing isn't... isn't, uh... consistent. So, like, you're just on a ride mostly after he gets attached to Venom, which that's what we're waiting for. And Venom doesn't really come in until, like, almost an hour into the movie. Like, you see him come and fly down, but that's about it. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, the whole movie's about him, and, like, they set up the exposition, but what the fuck? Like, what? An hour into it? Like, I felt like we saw more previews than the actual movie itself. Oh, yeah, the previews, man. God damn, we saw, like, ten previews before, and then two or three ads for the movie theater... And then we're not even including the open, like the cuttings or the credits at the end, which like that that little scene at the end came up pretty well, but pretty fast, give or take. But even the, what like Afan said, there they were there plans to release these sequels or whatever the plans to um, introduce different characters, like the like if, if we're comparing it to like the Universal and how they want to make the old monsters again from like the early 1900s. The movie monsters and shit. It's like they tried, they like right they tried that with
0: the movie with Tom Cruise. Yeah. And am like, what happened? It up failed because they wanted to create this like, whole dark universe. Yeah, they
1: tried. Oh, uh, everybody's trying to get on Marvel's bandwagon. They can't do it. They because can't do they it.
0: Fuck up in the beginning. Look at look at DC right now. Yeah, oh we, god. Yeah, yeah. Not, they try. You know, they try with Justice League. No, they try Man of Steel, which was oh, it was like okay film. You know, like it was like you know a gritty Superman.
1: <laughs> yeah
0: and then you'll decide oh let's do batman versus superman let's do that and you know try to mention oh let's add one woman to the mix let's like hey this is dawn of justice yeah they're gonna lead it's gonna lead right to you know to justice league because yeah you see aquaman for a few seconds you see the flash coming from the future like you try to add all this stuff like i understand that you're trying to catch it tomorrow but dc Warner Bros, you guys had the rights a long time ago you had time to do this you just waited until marvel was settled in you know you got to understand marvel was working around working around these characters was you gotta understand they didn't have rights to uh, to a lot of characters because like i said you know, mutant. The name, the term mutant. They couldn't use that term. That's why they use Power People or Inhumans because they couldn't use mutant because Fox owned the movie rights. They owned the film rights. You know, they couldn't mention Spider-Man because, of course, at that time, Sony had them. They couldn't say Fantastic Four. They couldn't use some villains because due to the fact they appear under properties. So Marvel had to work with what they had. They had to work with what they had. Work around and look what they did. It's ten years later. They're doing a phenomenal job. Yeah, it's like those guys... Like, like, Ken Feige, you know, Disney, you know, Disney letting them, like, basically, you know, hey, Ken Feige, we got faith in you, try to make this happen, help get these casts. Honestly, they get great actors, like, actors you'd never expect to be in in the Marvel movie, never be heroes. You know, getting like Chris Evans, you know, who, you know, tried to be in the Super Bowl, He was Johnny Storm, you know, in Fantastic for the first, like, two Fantastic Four movies, then, yeah. of course. Those I ten. That. And then, you know, coming back, oh, he's Captain America now. People didn't expect that because there was a lot of people that auditioned, you know, John Krasinski from The Office. A lot of actors applied for that, bro, and he ended up winning. And people were like, Johnny Storm is going to play Captain America? He's going to play Steve Rogers? And look, he killed it. Honestly, he killed that role. He honestly crushed that role because it was awesome. Like I said, Robert Downey Jr. He was coming off having you know problems with drugs and addiction, and you know there are p- many guys applied you know audition like Paramount wanted Tom Cruise, they wanted Johnny Depp, but no, John Farrell fought for Robert Downey Jr. to free to get this role. And look, look what happened. He's fucking Iron Man. You can't have Iron Man without Robert Downey Jr. because he was the man. He crushed that role also. Like I said, and of course. Sony, yeah, they screwed up the Spider-Man universe. Hey, you know, Sam Rae, The Sam Raimi trailer was okay. I liked the first two movies. Three, did not enjoy three. I'm sorry, I did not enjoy three at all. I enjoyed the first two. Then, you know, Randy was up to do Spider-Man 4. All of a sudden, everything fell through. They wanted to introduce the Vulture. You know, they had, you know, John Malkovich was in talks. You know, they were trying to get the black hat in there. Damien. but look, it didn't work. So, Sony decided, hey, we're going to let Sam Rae go. We're going to let Tony Reguario go. We're going to let him go. He's we're going to start over from scratch. They tried with Amazing Spider-Man, brought in, you know, a different director to help with this movie. And look what happened. They tried. They tried so hard. Don't get me wrong. Honestly, Peter Parker-wise, Tom McGuire is a good Peter Parker. Spider-Man, I would say right now, Tom Holland's a good Spider-Man. I would say right now. You know, Tom Holland, yeah, he... But Peter Parker-wise, you know, Tom McGuire had that whole, yeah, he could be an ordinary, average kid type of person. But don't even know, Tom is doing great as Spider-Man. I am enjoying him as Spider-Man, you know. And I kind of like the fact, you know, I he's kind of like, if you think about it, in the comic-wise, you got Tom McGuire, like, Tom McGuire Spider-Man is like, you know, a little bit older Spider-Man. And Andrew Garfield's like in the middle. But Tom Holland, I see him as the ultimate Spider-Man, like, ultimate version of Spider-Man, you know, young kid out of high school, he's still young, and he's brain learnable so being a hero. He's in that, you know, learning step, learning curve, basically, and which I do enjoy, and, um, like I said, Venom, like I said, it was okay for me, like, I agree with Biko, I would've gave it one star, you know, but hey, I wanted to see it, I was curious, people were giving positive, you know, things about it. Like I said, to a certain degree, I enjoyed the film. The effects were okay, you know, the, the chase sequence is awesome. And like I said, I like the whole back and forth talk between Eddie Brock and, and Venom. You know, like I said, they had to work with what they had. You know, they were trying to say, oh, like, Sony's like, oh, I want to stay with, we're not going to mention Spider-Man. He's not there. This is a completely separate universe, so. Like I said, go check it out you guys. Check it out for yourself. I mean, this was going to be, like, the first person of this uh, podcast was going to be, like, a quick, like, Venom review. So now I want to jump into the Greedy and pretty much sit down, you know, spend the next, like, pretty much next hour. And pretty much if you guys want to get to know Biko for a little bit. And pretty much, he's my brother, so, like I said, I grew up with the guy. And pretty much, you know, I would say, where did you start, like, getting into the world
1: of pop culture? Oh, God. Um... As far as what I would say once I started getting to stuff like that... um Well, video games helped out a lot because they are always playing Nintendo. But then um, what well, I got drawn on fast was because of Batman. Uh, I think the animated series. And then there, what, it was like mid-90s, so that all that came out all at, around the same time. So Batman animated series, X-Men... Spider-Man, even though that series kind of was weird, but, uh, I was always watching those cartoons, uh, we, we both went to a Jesus school, I like to call them those, but it's Catholic school, whatever you want to refer to it, but I call them Jesus school, and, uh, every Saturday back when those were the treasured moments of getting to sit in front of the tube, watch a fucking, like, six or seven shows from seven in the morning till, like, eleven, o'clock or maybe getting to eat cereal or whatever. Everyone's got their little nostalgic moment. But, um, those, those were the first shows that I got into. So, ten, hence why I'm, like, I'm more of a Marvel person than DC. The only thing, the only people I fuck with in DC are literally just Batman in that universe because the Joker and all that. Like, that guy's my favorite. Um, but I want to say I was maybe five or six once I was able to comprehend shit. Um, I was... I was always outside um, as a child I like the, the minute I would uh, get home from school because I wasn't the responsible one um, <laughs> my brother got keys very early to the house he was like eight or eight or nine when he got keys and we we're six years apart so yeah once he got older I I, I you couldn't trust me with keys let alone your, my mind so I I would always be on side, out and about um, and our mom was a, a homemaker, and my dad was a workaholic. So, we would go around, and sometimes she wouldn't be home. So I would just drop my shit in the backyard and go out and get lost for hours with my friends or whatever, doing fun stuff. I like to call it with my hom- with my homies, and uh, we would just. I, the only the most time I would spend in front of the TV is if I would is on those weekends. Um, we had. We had regular TV until like what, like 97? Yeah, it was like, like 97, 97 when yeah. our parents got cable. So that's when we were able to get more exposure to different channels. But we maybe had like five channels. So, what, WCIU, Fox Kids? Fox Kids is the thing we watched the most. Yeah,
0: we were CBS you and think.
1: CBS when they would show all their wonky shit. Like, I expect their gadget was around. Um, Fuck, uh, was it that Tasmania show? That was funny, oh, too. Oh, Tasmania. God, they had so many random shit. But then the big thing we would always watch, too, was a lot of the live sitcoms. Um, Like, Say by the Bell was a thing. Yeah, it morning. was the
0: whole, yeah, when NBC had, like, those team yeah, shows. Yeah, fuck, NBC,
1: yeah. Uh, had, like, oh, man. So man. we were always watching shit that was way above our time because, I mean, it was in the 90s. Like, it wasn't like now where things are super... Pacify. I don't know what to call it. PC, basically politically yeah, correct, man. correct now. And it's back like... then, it's like, we didn't have to have so much oversight on things. Like, I remember um, going to family parties. We'd watch all the scariest shit you could think of, like, Freddy versus... Freddy, all the nightmares on Elm Street, like Halloween and all that stuff. I saw really fairly early at an age. And, like, I've had these conversations with other friends of mine to where um, you see the differences now and... and Uh, which obviously like it shapes you like your parents could do their best job in trying to expose you to certain things and what values and whatnot but at the end of the day like we were always getting exposed to different stuff going to different family parties um we come from a fairly large family so with different characters and and personalities so you tend to like and we culminate around that more because we were all somewhat geographically close uh but as far as pop culture goes, I was always into that. Like, definitely superheroes and video games helped um kind of mold that. Like, we were big Super Mario players, and the Super Nintendo came out. And my brother's fortunate that he was responsible and got good grades to where my mom saw that. And he was able to, like, get the, the, the Super Nintendo, and then we'd play Super Mario for hours on end and trying to pass all that shit. So, like, video gaming and, and pop culture was definitely one of our things that was always a staple. Um... As far as what my favorites were, definitely always Spider-Man and the X-Men and Batman. Those things always have, like, a special place in me. Uh, and the Ninja Turtles, like, fuck.
0: Oh, yeah. Ninja Turtles awesome. were a big
1: deal. Like, we, I have, like, so many... Turtle Titans Mania, man. And all that, yeah. Like, all that was a fucking wave of just crap, of, of just stuff that... What you see now, it's like, this, they're just... that The market reaches for our nostalgia right now in our generation, just like they did for the child, children in the 70s or the 80s. It's all the same. Um But I I only got exposed to that Because my brother wouldn't be watching it Because the six Because the six year age difference Um and, and so like As far as pop culture is It's something that's Obviously gonna always be there Um uh, and so I would always pick my favorites. And then once they started making movies on them... Because it was so rare to see anything like that. Uh, the big action stars were always anything you'd see. Like the Terminator. And it was generally just the same old, same old. But I was a little kid. So like I wasn't able to watch all that. But um, it was mainly just whatever I was able to see at parties or other people's houses. Um, and then whatever was on TV. Uh, but... I, I was always very, I was always very uh, out and about as a kid. I tend to just show initiative. I always wanted to be outside. I, to this day, I'm always outside so I'm always going around, uh, just on the go. Or not much of a homebody. So I tend to try my best and, and kind of go out and I expose myself to the world pretty fast. So that's how you. Uh, I learned a lot of things around, along the way. Um, and considering where we're living in the South Side of Chicago, uh, different times, just different upbringings compared to now. You just don't see a lot. of You see a big difference um, that technology has played as far as uh, children and what they, how it meant to be, grow, how it meant to grow up, or what it is to how technology has affected that and like the big role it played compared to what 20 years ago not if not so long ago yeah
0: it's about 20 no years, almost
1: yeah. 30 now but like it's insane to see that uh but yeah i like i i was i was always into nerd shit but I, I i don't know if you want to call labels or labels but i always liked i always was intrigued with comic books and comic book characters that little that world and uh, I just I got really immersed into Spider-Man. I really liked the character, and so and X-Men. Those were the two Marvel um, universes that I I dug in the most. Uh, we had the essentials for each one.
0: I um, think more like I know you were like more of a Punisher guy too. Because oh yeah, I remember, fuck
1: yeah, yeah. And the Punisher is definitely my guilty pleasure. Not even guilty pleasure. I just he's my favorite uh, vigilante. Um, even to this day, I, that's definitely one of the universes I try to keep up with the most, too, uh, because I've always loved that character, uh, and then I was happy when they made that Thomas J movie, and, I, you know, say what you will, it was, it, for it did what it could, and at that time, Marvel was finding its bearings, and... And fucking, like, people forget Blade was a thing, and those movies are cool. Oh, my God, Blade. Maybe not the third one the second Dude, one. Dude, honestly, one guys, pretty badass definitely bring back Wesley Snipes as yeah, Blade. Like, definitely. Fuck. I know he's pushing. He's pushing. Come on, people. Like, what, whatever happened on... You, make it, you guys make it seem like it's a bad movie? It's not. Man, that, that theme song in the beginning with the dun, vampires, like, God, dun, dun, dun. man. Back when techno was was very under wraps, and it was, like, taboo to hear that shit, uh... So like Marvel, Marvel, I'm more lean towards that side the most. DC, I just I was always Batman. Like people liked Superman, and I thought he was a pussy. I didn't like Superman. I, don't, I just I'm not a Superman fan. You say what you will, and and I think I have, and based on all these movies that are coming out for him, I have so much more ammo to just be like, oh, yeah, it's awful. But I don't blame the I don't blame the character. I blame the people who take over and the intellectual property and use it. Or money and whatnot
0: what have you um and i know you were into music back then though like who was oh like, yeah music. who was like yeah who was yeah. like because i know music is also pop pop culture and how what was your like music like you know what came to listen like how was your exposure to music because i didn't like get exposed to music until later like in the rest of of my teens like, yeah but,
1: i for me um i got m- exposed to music super early uh in jesus school we we they they set up a curriculum pretty well. Well, as far as kind of getting all around thing, but obviously, Catholic Catholic studies and stuff was more overwhelming and more of their their fix because that's what if you're in a Catholic school is. Yeah, they can't really. Um, But my favorite class, I I think they made you within once you start first grade. You started taking a class with uh, Sister Emily, R.I.P. I'm sure she's not alive now. She was super. Oh yeah, she time. was so cool. But she it. was honestly a f- one of my favorite teachers. I exposed us, at least for me, to music. The, the beginning, we got to use those little recorders. That I, I don't know if it's a public school thing too, but I'm, I'm as I talk to other people and we reminisce on childhood. I think it's, it was fairly across the board that uh, most kids got exposed to that as their first instrument. And we learn, and, like, I learned to read, um, staff, write, like, staff, we rewrote staff writing, we learned to read notes and, and all that stuff, and, and notation and all that, um, which they made you power through from, like, first to fifth, because I, I only got up to fifth grade before we moved out of there, before it got even worse, so, and my brother got to finish there, uh, K through eight.
0: No, I started, I was, like, or, preschool. Yeah, yeah, preschool through you eight. You were, like, you didn't get into, like, kindergarten
1: because... Yeah, I didn't need that shit. Um... They said I need that shit, but they need everything else. I was, uh, as far as music goes, that was my first exposure. Um, and to be honest, once I was able to comprehend more shit, like, you know, they teach you more or less gospel music and yada, yada. But once I went to go and hang out with my friends and stuff, it was the first thing I started listening to was hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> it was like just. A, like Biggie is a big deal for me He's like If there was the Biggie And Tupac debate, Biggie was for me Because I listened to him first uh, for, He was my first rapper That I like f- Just his flow and everything and, I, and like we would always try to copy We didn't know what the fuck he meant Obviously we we're too young But He was uh, my One of the first rappers I listened to growing up And then Eminem Started getting prominent Once the Marshall Mads LP came out And Like we said PC culture is different back then So you know the swear words things weren't wasn't a thing. My parents like I, I never had to go buy anything because I never had the money. Like we had to make money ourselves. Like we,
0: we yeah, we're
1: taught at a very early age to be independent. Wow. yeah but,
0: yeah I know man I grew up with yeah but like I said I do give credit to my folks because they didn't spoil us as kids we no. pretty much had to earn they a lot of our res- we had to earn our stuff you know that's why I give a lot of respect to my parents because you know my dad even though he was a worker at Holland, he did teach me like being responsible and you know you gotta earn your keep basically you know, it was like, yeah, it was like, yeah, my parent, you know, my mom, you know, she pretty much raised us, and I pretty much outraised you. Yeah. And pretty much it was a whole, like, you got to work real hard to earn stuff. It's like, kids today, it's like, I don't know, I see kids today, they get handed stuff. I see, like, when we go to a store, we're working in the mall, we see, like, what, eight-year-olds with cell phones? Yeah, it's I'm insane. I'm like, I didn't get a cell phone so like, I was, like, tw- until I was 21. Sorry, guys, yeah. I'm 33 now, look at, now think of the, <laughs> minus that, all those years it took me to finally get my first cell phone, I was around 18, 19 I believe it was, when I got my first, 26. no I think it was 20 when I got my first cell phone, so yeah, I'm, yeah, 13 years I didn't get, I didn't get a cell phone, and you didn't get one until like,
1: I got well. one, I got one I was, no, no, I got one I was like, uh, uh I think after freshman year. And that was only because our cousin worked at T-Mobile and hooked us up. Yeah, <laughs> my, first, my first ringtone was the Fresh Prince of Bel Air theme yeah. song. I love that. That was a show that helped. Oh god, that was a show that molded me completely. But yeah, I mean, I guess you can consider that pop culture. Shout out to Will Smith. Oh yeah, and, Will uh, Smith. and the whole gang. That that's one of the best shows that I honestly like. Uh, it, so many humble values. So many it, it, it expose you to a different lifestyle of people and and it, it portrayed it honestly was one of the best shows to portray the african-american community in a beautiful light um instead of what this what our media does now and what our society tends to portray them as which is complete nonsense i think i think the african community is a beautiful community and i'm not just saying that because i'm trying to like virtue signal or anything i'm, I'm saying that because I, I truly believe it i i respect the culture very important part of the human... the human <laughs> development um, Yeah, as we look up best moments. Yeah, but let's...
0: Yeah, I remember that show too. The, like, that
1: show was what, like every morning... Like, we had to be up for school fairly early in the morning. No, I think the show was like primetime. I believe
0: it was like... I think it was an NBC they were showing at primetime. But so... But I think... I do remember... I don't know if you... I think we did watch... That was a show that we watched together, like... Because I think it was on Thursdays at NBC. Yeah. I think it was... Yeah, I believe it was on NBC when the show's on. Like, right now, we're just looking at, like, the greatest moments
1: right now. it was such a funny show. And it's still fun. Like, you can watch it to this day. Just... Just the naturalness each character played or each actor were able to portray it. It's like, you could tell they were able to just bounce off each other so, so naturally. And it felt like it was a true family. Um, and... Just so much talent caught up in 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 that show. Um, So sitcoms, sitcoms, and like and cartoons, Saturday morning cartoons were something that definitely, definitely shaped how we viewed at least the media at that point. Because that was the only time we were able to sit down and TV. Another thing that was a big deal for us too was the Bulls, I mean the fucking oh, Bulls. Oh yeah, sports. The 90s um, Bulls yeah. was I mean Michael Jordan, they those were the golden the golden era. I want to not that we don't see a good era now, but that was a golden era too getting to witness one of the best players of all time uh, show his stuff and uh, that that took over everything and then living in Chicago like we were the best. So it was everything we would, that was the one, the one of the one things we would gather around the TV for, to watch the Bulls play. Like even our dad would sit and watch, and our dad's a big soccer guy, so it's not, it's like, it's very, and it's very rare, but I think everybody and their mama was catching this, catching this shit. So, um, and we totally strayed off from music, but, uh, these things were very important to me as a kid. Uh, I, I played basketball growing up and soccer. My parents put me in different sports because I was very active as a child because of my ADD, but they just didn't realize that because of Jesus School. And at that time, you know, Mexicans aren't very into mental illness. But whatever you want to refer to it as. But um, uh, music and that has always been a part of my life. And to this day, I hold it. I'm like a big music nerd. Um, That's what I can go on and on about. Um, But yeah, rap... Rap was something that definitely shaped how I thought about things. Um, rap and, and then rock and roll and punk music took over my life um, once I found a, a record in the basement. My mom had a crate of records and a blue one. And I saw it, and I'm like, what the hell is this thing? Because at that time, CDs and tapes were around. But we, got, we had more tapes than anything. Yeah, it's season, I season hit off to like the late, once, yeah, once we got like, I, our dad would be part of these union parties, and he'd win prizes, and then he brought back CD player once, and we would have to share it, and that's when we'd have CDs, but uh, there were times where it would just mostly be tapes, and it'd be a lot of Spanish music, so my mom would always be playing Spanish music around the house, Um, she does it to this day, <laughs> uh, so we 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 grew up with a lot of exposure to all those types. Like Selena was a big deal at the time. And Enrique Iglesias was a big deal because they're all they were all um, what's that? What's the word I'm looking for? Um, crossovers, crossover Latino stars. I mean Ricky Martin broke out. Like all these different people. Mark Anthony was through. Like uh, we we got exposed right away because I mean even going to parties you you. You were exposed to mariachi music, so like we were very immersed in our culture growing up. I mean, we still are. Um, that's never gonna break out of us. But you know, you we meet some people who aren't so fortunate to be exposed to that side. But that's just based on your their parents rearing and how they are. But um, growing up, I was always outside, so I, I I tend to kind of I got influenced by a lot of others. Around me we lived in a very a, a, mostly a prominent Polish neighborhood um, it was definitely a diverse neighborhood but in that that side of the south side it was mainly polish and so and they they share a very similar culture to to a Mexican culture so like they're very hard-working people very humble they they're immigrants so like they also have that you know families everything sort of mentality um which you know marry into your own race like they're they're those things still resound with them um but as the times go on we're we're gonna see things change you know it's hopefully you know those they have different values and different perspectives like your parents are always going to have their perspective of what they want for you but it's obviously it's up to you to decide that um but yeah growing up I was always getting in trouble all the time like we had a checkmark system in, in our school, and then we had grades too, but uh, let's just say my checkmark box was completely full all the time. I was always getting in trouble, like behavior stuff, attentiveness stuff, disruption, uh, uh, just like all around bad stuff. But that's because, I don't know, they didn't access a lot of things, and I, I became pretty aware as a child really early in life, which I'm very lucky, I, I, I think. Very very fast. I became very aware, um, but I'm also helpful by nature. Uh, I like to. I just. I enjoy helping others. I was always, but I think that also worked against me too because I was always getting my shit stolen. I think I got my bike stolen like twice. All the time, I was always getting in fights. I, ah, uh, I like lost a bunch of shit that that wasn't even mine. I was always out and about, but then, like, those days was like that. Like, like I said, my, I wasn't the responsible one my brother was, but then, like, he had mentioned, like, he helped also raise me because my dad was always working, and my mom was there, too, but, like, that's how it was. They They taught responsibility, and, um, which different times, man, like, yeah, we see these we see some families who are able to give their kid a phone at, like, 8 or 9. And, and albeit, like, it's inevitable. I mean, these kids are able to gravitate towards tablets so fast. and big, But that's because it's evolution. But at the same time, I'm just like, come on, there's some traditional things that th- shouldn't break. You know, there's, like, give them a book first. Don't, <laughs> like, don't just give them right away. Like, I have a friend who, uh, she's got a baby now. She just turned two this past August. But um, I was able to attend her first birthday and everybody gave her clothes and gave her some tablet games and all that. And I gave her books. Because um, any any friend of mine who has kids and stuff, I like to give them books. Because uh, I think books and reading is very important. Um, and still is. It's one of my favorite things to do. So, like, when it comes to books, you know,
0: who was, like, your favorite, like, authors pretty much in the books-wise? Uh, like, now or even then, too? I mean, then, now, like, how you want to, like, you know...
1: Uh, the the Goosebump books were very cool, <laughs> uh, cause I was very, I I'm those. still morbid as a, to this day, but, like, even then, like, the Goosebump books are my first ones, like, uh, what is it, uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which I think they're gonna start making movies on it, uh, all that creepy b- w- uh Ouija board shit was a big deal oh, back yeah, then, the Ouija board. like, the Bloody oh, Mary God. shit, like, we would always be playing games, and, like, so, like, dark shit was always something that I was always drawn to, uh... Yeah, Goosebumps, like, they would have the book fairs, and I was always getting those. Um, and then we would always go to the library often, too. I remember that, like, because you know, it was right next to the glasses place. place. Um, but we were going to the library pretty often. Um, uh, so an, an author I got drawn to right away, too, was Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, I think, well, obviously, once I got a little older, I, I, I started reading a lot of his poetry. So he was one of the first people I really liked reading about, because I was like, whoa, whoa, this guy is something else. Um, so them and, like, H.P. Lovecraft was somebody I got drawn to. Uh, even... So, like, a lot of those type of, mis- like, mysteries and thrillers and sort of, like, creepy stuff was what I liked draw- drawn to the most as a kid. But then, I like, comics were there for me, too. Um, and even now... Uh, I, I do read a lot of nonfiction and then uh, I do a lot of like I, my curiosity as a child was there and it still is to this day so that kind of led me to doing a lot of research on my own and reading and um, right now like I got back into Stieg Larson's things again but then somebody else took over because he had passed away so if you're not if you're not familiar with the Millennium series, I highly recommend it um, they're on their fifth book now, I'm only on the fourth, because I totally, for, I've had this book for a year, The Girl with the Spires Web, and I didn't realize that I had it for over a year now, and they're already making a movie that's coming out later this month, um, but check it out if you want, if you're familiar with the source material, um, but yeah, I, I've always read those, a lot of the classics that they make you read in school, I, I didn't mind reading, because they ended up being really good books, like The Outsiders by S.E. Hinton, um, uh, um, Agatha Christie's stuff was pretty good And then there was none I, I really enjoyed that book uh, And then a lot of the little comics From like the newspaper shows So like Garfield and Calvin and Hobbes I loved Calvin and Hobbes I still do I'm still trying to build up my collection again um, But again yeah, Garfield was a big deal too Uh, uh Was Beetle Bailey was funny the the peanuts were something we've always read in the movies. We grew up with was there too. Um, like we were, it was a wide range we got exposed to as kids. But like, I always liked reading a lot. Um, right now, I'm more or less leaning towards philosophical books and poetry because I like to write poetry and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, I'm I'm working on hopefully getting something published when I have enough funds to get that started. Uh, that's kind of one of my own personal goals of mine and if I don't make money out of it cool if I do then that's even better but it's something that I'll enjoy either way I'll continue to do it um, but I do enjoy I I don't I can't understand why people don't read for entertainment I mean you know, unless it's for I get I hear that a lot like unless it's their school I won't read but I'm just like what like, I don't I, well, okay you know different strokes yeah different strokes
0: yeah, you know, like, like I said, I'm, I'm a big reader, you know, I read manga, you know, I read graphic, I read novels too, so, like, basically, like, you know, reading is fundamental, people we say yeah, it is true, like, you learn a lot just by reading, you know, because it's like, one of those scripts, yeah, you can just sit on your ass and pretty much watch TV, but if you, like, you get tired watching the same stuff over and over again, you know, pick up a book, you know, like you said, go to a local library, or go to <laughs> a bookstore so you guys,
1: you pay those there's so much knowledge i mean even if it's from years ago you can learn a lot from the past cuz you're 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 getting a door into these people's minds and um i i just like i learned a lot like philosophy is one thing for me that i really love um, cuz i i i consider myself a thinker that's like what i do best cuz i can't help it but especially for like i'm just super surprised that people don't have an inclination to read anymore. They'd rather read a news feed or... And I get it. it, You know, these things are... It's part of what we are now. It's just what we gravitated towards. uh, A technological future. you guys are reading me out right now, it's our roommate's cat. Yeah, sorry. He's he's a
0: firecracker. It's fucking annoying.
1: Um, But he is who he is. He's a cute cat. But he's just a never-ending food abyss.
0: Like, when it comes to, like, TV, television, and, like, television right now, um, what you're, like, why are you watching right now when it comes to television?
1: Oh, shit. Uh. Hey, dude. Yeah, our uh,
0: roommate just walked in right now, so.
1: <laughs> what I am watching right now because I find. Oh, shit, somebody called me.
0: Um. That's cool, dude. Like I said, yeah, yeah, you know, things happen, you know. We're. Like you said, you're pretty much out of about, so yeah, you get messages, you get pinged
1: up, but. No, yeah, I. I what I'm f- trying to finish up now again once I got back, I'm watching The Sopranos right now. Yeah, the Sopranos. Uh, so I'm like on season. I'm like the end of season four. There's I think eight seasons. If I'm not right or if I'm wrong. So I've been doing that. Uh, I used to binge a little more in my earlier twenties. Uh, because Netflix has been around for a while now. Holy shit! But uh, yeah, I I used to binge a lot. The Office is one thing that I can always continue to watch. Again, and over and over because it never gets old. But, uh, yeah, I've been watching The Sopranos right now. Uh, once I finish that, I think I might jump back into the Marvel stuff and, and catch up with that. Uh, I'd maybe finish The Punisher. I'm very much hit or miss with that show. I get I, I, anything. I love how they brought him up and they gave him a chance. And I do like Tom Bernthal, he's a great actor, so I don't give him any fault or anything. It's just, I wish it was a little more c- compelling to me, but maybe I'm just. Haven't given its due diligence because I haven't sat down and actually concentrated. But, um, I'm more of a, mov- a TV show guy than a movie guy because of, like, of my ADD. It just it's hard for me to sit still. But, like, if anytime I go to these movies for Marvel, that's my best bet. Like, the only time I'm gonna be able to sit in front and watch a movie is if we're at the theater, which is very still underrated, I think. Like, say what you will, yeah, it's expensive. It sucks having to spend so much money on it, but it does get you to actually hone down and not be so inclined to go on your phone all the time. Like it does, it's, it does have some beauty and it's, and it's kind of traditional ways of sitting in front of a thing and being able to watch this, this creation by millions and millions of like thousands of people who are able to put their efforts into creating something, even if it's mediocre, (laughs) like it's not their fault either. You know, you're just doing a, you're trying to create a vision by a director. Uh, but yeah I'm a TV show guy Sopranos I mean
0: like if you had like like film series if you had like a specific like a favorite film like if you had like I would say like what would be like your top five films that you can name right off the bat right now
1: that I like or yeah
0: you know like anything that like comes into your head like you know what what five films Mm. I mean believe me i am Always in my head, I always come up with lists and stuff. Like I can t- I can name you like the top five, like five
1: ones that's significant to me. I
0: guess. Yeah, like the five films. Like uh, I mean,
1: Reckoning for a Dream*. Uh, I definitely *Requiem for a Dream*. *Breakfast Club*. Yeah, of I course. Yeah. Uh, for a Dream, *Breakfast Club*. Uh, oh, uh, freaking *The Big Lebowski*. Uh, definitely one of my favorites. Uh, God, I'm trying to think of another one. Oh, this Beatles documentary, Eight Days a Week by Ron Howard. If you haven't seen it I, I really love that. Uh, check it out. I think it's on Amazon still. Hopefully, his documentary stuff is pretty good. Uh, that one's a very f- a good film that I really enjoyed. It's not, fairly not too old. I think it's like two years old by now. Uh, and another one I want to say is Goodfellas. Goodfellas is definitely one I can keep going back and forth and watching again and again. Is that five? Did I say five? Or is that four? I
0: think four. it was five. Four,
1: yeah, yeah, five. Like, obviously, other others will pop into mind, but those are the ones I can go back. Oh, and then I'll throw in a little bonus. Like I love Scott Pilgrim. That one's great. Oh I can yeah, watch that all the fucking times. Movie's dinners. amazing. Uh, so like, I don't. It, obviously, it's hard to narrow down this shit, but I do enjoy having. I I do enjoy having some sort of an open mind to being able to see certain movies like the ones that compel you to be like shit i can only watch this once and then i don't know if i can ever watch it again like that's how i felt about recommend for a Dream*, and i know that like throughout the years i've gone there's been stronger subject matter movies that like i can recommend to watch uh that i do enjoy but those those for sure are the ones that are will stick with me that i'll sit down and and hopefully watch again um like, I think I rewatched Goodfellas not too long ago, just because it's a f- fucking great movie. Like, man, yeah. it's it's. If you haven't seen that already, it's probably one of the gang- best gangster movies out there besides The Godfather, uh, and, and people like Scarface too. I, I have my opinions on Scarface, but <laughs> for what it is, it's cool. Pacino's great. I'll, I'll throw in Heat in there too. Heat is Heat's a really great movie. That <laughs> De Niro and Pacino at their finest. Uh, and then, like, see, like I could do a top ten, but it's fucking hard to narrow it down. But those, those are little bonus movies I like to add on there that are very enjoyable. But people have, the, you know, like I said, I'm not a big movie guy. I do enjoy movies. It's just it's hard for me to sit still and want to really get. It's ca- so like the movie has to fucking c- capture me completely or compel me to sit down.
0: So I would say, like in pop culture wise, what would you consider? What what would you categorize yourself now? Like, are you like the comic guy or Uh, the music guy uh, or the
1: literature guy? I'm more of a music guy and keeping up with current events guy. Mm -hmm. Like podcasts are a great thing. Oh Um, yeah, I used to not be into that until I want to say I was my last girlfriend. Uh, we would listen to a podcast at night. Uh, Welcome to Night Vale, if anybody's familiar with that. Great, great podcast. I haven't listened to it in a while now, but it's good to it's good to fall asleep to, uh, which I don't mean it as an offending thing. It's just I think it's a great podcast to like kind of drone out and listen to as you're falling asleep or whatnot. Uh, but I didn't get into, back into podcasts for a while. Uh, I listened to NPR religiously. Uh, the Joe Rogan podcast, Religiously, uh, I got into this one called Secular Buddhism from a a girl I was seeing for a bit, uh, pretty good stuff, um, but yeah, I'm more of, like, uh, now, yeah, like, I get my, like, I'm, I'm always on Reddit, I'm always doing, like, trying to catch up with that stuff whenever I can, just to stay informed, so, like, I try to, I listen to NPR in the mornings, so I understand what the craziness that happens with fucking Trump, Erica, and, like... (laughs) And whatever else is going on behind the scenes, because if if I'm a firm believer, if you don't pay attention to this shit, that's why they get away with this stuff. And I understand politics is a fucking hit or miss, and it's like religion, they're always going to argue about it, but it's super important that you stay informed, people. There's like no excuse anymore. That's why I tell you to go read a book. There's a lot more important things in this world than what the Kardashians are fucking wearing next week. Or what Kanye West is going on about, like yeah. say what you uh, yeah.
0: about that stuff with Kanye right now. That's yeah. the whole thing about Holy him shit. and Trump right now. Apparently, it's like
1: I don't, I don't, I, I don't know, I don't know what that is. I don't know the guy, but it's for what it's worth. It could be just more distraction than it has to be. They're doing some shit about taxes right now. They're signing weird bills to pass. They're they're doing their, their you know, deflection is is America's game. And then with the primaries coming up, please go out and vote, guys. It's very important. Go out and vote. It's what it's the one thing they give us, even if it doesn't count for anything. And if it does, at least go out there. God damn it! Like <laughs> it's not. Go to your local polls. Research the candidates. It's no excuse. God damn it! If you're able to go research the, the daily, what like I said, if you're able to pay attention to what the Kardashians are wearing, you're able to go research a candidate's background. What they've done, what policies they they want to uphold, or what what they want to make any changes as if they were to given the the chance to represent us as people. At least that's what they say they do. But give it a shot. Like, oh my fucking god, it's not that hard. You open up that window on your phone. It's it's the internet one. If you have an iPhone, it's the compass that looks like the thing. It's called Safari. <laughs> Come on, you can do it. If you have Android, Google Chrome, it's pretty good, right? It already records everything you do. You might as well just go let them look it up. <laughs> let, let, let Look up your candidates in your, in your state. Inform yourself on what their platform is. These guys, you know, if you want to receive real change, it starts from the local level, not the federal. Like, federal will do whatever it takes, but what makes up the federal? The local representatives, the state representatives in your town. Affect your communities, man. Just... You gotta, that's where change starts, and there's no better time than now. It's like, do we want to see another fucking reality star in the White House? It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to see that, and and what, we got two years out with this guy already, and he's already done a lot of shit, and like, what's two years, what's two years more, what's gonna bring? What if he gets re-elected? I mean, we reelected Bush, and look what that happened. We go from that to Obama, and then to this, like... It's been, uh, quite the show, quite a, the show with America, you know, America's a great reality show, um, but yeah, right now I kind of consider myself a, a music guy at heart.
0: Well, like, what's your favorite artist right now, what well, are listening to, that now?
1: Now? Uh,
0: shit, um,
1: currently, on, well, we were listening to Daft Punk today, but, uh, right, right now I listen to constantly the 1975, uh. Their new album's coming out in November, if you haven't, if you don't know. I've been, uh, going through a lot of, like, an 80s sort of influence phase, so a lot of shoegaze, a lot of alternative shit, but then I, I do listen to a lot of post hardcore stuff, kind of go back to my nostalgic kicks. And I bounce around a lot, and then we got a lot of the 90s coming back again, so. I'm very open, I'm a very open book of music. I listen to a lot of different shit. I, I'm not the one, one and done, I'm not the top 40 person. I. I'll I'll be aware of certain things but I'm not. I'm, I I like to dig deep and listen to more things that compel me. Uh and things that I like things that move me, just with movies, just like with movies, just like with T V shows, just like with the books. Any intellectual property, I like things that capture you and consume you and, and brings out your curiosity. Like okay, I'm I'm already on Spotify right now and it says decade of discovery and it's like a, it's a <laughs> And there's a lot of different shit on these playlists, but then it's like, I, then I see Lady Gaga. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? All right, cool. Okay, decade of discovery, whatever. Um, So like we, it's a very interesting time in music because you're getting a lot of influences from different decades. And a lot of people are bringing back, like synth pop is a, a big deal too. So like churches, and uh, I love Tame Impala. Uh, I listen to a lot, of, a lot more electronically client shit than anything else. Yeah. Um, but then it's like, I do love me in my sixties and seventies, uh, like, so Fleetwood Mac and, um, uh, fuck. So the Beatles, the Stones. Yeah. I
0: know you're like, you're
1: a big vinyl guy now. You're yeah. Like God, vinyl. I have such a big collection right now. That's, that's one, like, you know, people collect shoes. I collect vinyl. I have so many. The last thing I picked up was the Beach Boys, their live album. Uh, which I need to listen to first I like to listen to shit when I'm cleaning Or just organizing I have to listen to music in anything I do It's just very hard not to I don't know how people can't do it uh, But yeah, vinyl, I'm a big vinyl guy I go to this one I go to one record store only uh, Purple Dog Records I think you guys should check it out If you haven't heard it already Uh... It, great stuff, very much, it's, it's, it's a, definitely a second hand, and if he buys stuff, but he always has, he always has original presses, couple of remasters, 45s, um, oh, and I'm listening to a lot of New Order again, uh, so like, just like anything else, people go through phases, and I, I tend to go a lot of musical phases, like Waves, and, and whatnot. so, uh, things that kind of consume me more, music, and, and reading, and, and, uh, and podcasts, like just paying attention, listening to different experts in different fields, and and then like Joe Rogan's thing helps a lot because like at least he gets people from all over that you kind of never learn before, and you like to learn different things. And I, I tend to, I tend not to adhere to just one thing, like being idealistic. We all have our we all have our views on things and our values and what we hold dear to our hearts, and but I'm very much. Uh, I want to say, able to not get so caught up in the idealism and try to still remain open-minded and see things from different perspectives as opposed to bashing others for what they do because, like, fuck, nobody's got time for that. Like, if you really have time for that, for bashing something that, for A, you don't have enough information about in the beginning to begin with, and B, like... It's like, who are you to tell somebody what to do? Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's like if it doesn't affect your life, it doesn't affect your life. But I tend to adhere to a different thing and different calling, and I try to, I try to just be kind first, unless you give me a reason not to. Other than that. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty, a, pretty genuine person. I like to be honest and I like to be helpful, and I like to be there for my friends and, and just do my best to, to. Just be a good person every day. Try to do a good thing for somebody else because it's just so much better. There's just some things money can't buy. Like, it, it doesn't fulfill you, man. Like, uh, money can only just... causal means, I guess. I don't know. And then
0: right now you're oh. currently... Yeah, and then you're currently trying to become a yoga instructor. In my oh,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm, uh... I found kind of like a thing through yoga that helps me out as I'm ripping this part. Uh i I'm training to to teach people yoga uh it's something that helps me without having to take meds at the moment without having insurance soon Whoop, whoop <laughs> trump care yeah uh no no uh peop- i'm I deal with a lot of mental issues and illnesses that I, it's a great little cocktail so I've been kind of off meds for shit like four or five years now and it's been quite the struggle but uh yoga has always been something that helped me out uh kind of find a balance within the chaos in in my head and and I and there's several people who practice it and I I wanted to learn more about it and to learn and to see why I was so drawn to it and I'm just constantly loving it so far uh hopefully I should be done in May and by then, I'll be able to grab that piece of paper that shows that I do know some things, and I'm able to spread that sort of teachings onto others that seek kind of an outlet for whatever's going on in their life, because uh, it's truly helped me tremendously. And who am I but to keep it to myself? I I, I love it. I'm enjoying it. Uh, it, and it's in the middle of the week that I get to go, so it's a nice little it's a nice little break from. The rat race, you can say, uh, and it's hell of a workout too. I mean, it's not just that, but it's hell of a, it's a hell of a physical and, and mental workout. And I suggest you guys go try it if you if you are familiar with it or you're nervous to do it. Try a class, like you shouldn't be nervous first of all because it's very. It depending on the teacher you have or what you sign up for, I think it's good. Um, there's a there's a thing for everyone the the most important thing is is just trying to breathe take a moment just to breathe and to show gratitude towards the present it's just being in the present and 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 trying to calm your the stimulation around you uh and and it's something that i have found new importance in um and it helps it helps my daily approach towards things uh, i'm able to Get a better grip on my struggles, which everybody has every day. If you if you say you're perfect every day, or that's chances are they're lying. Uh, nobody's perfect. You gotta have your frustrations every day because you're, you're just life is just nothing but obstacles. It's just a matter of getting over them and persevering, and that's how you grow. Uh, and then have fun with that. Fuck, have some fun with life. Experience some shit. Get yourself out there. Do what you gotta do. Uh, meet somebody new talk to somebody you never talked to before. Be nice. It's fucking great. Just don't be an asshole. Like that's the best thing. <laughs> that's the easiest mantra to live by. Just don't be an asshole. My God, there's a lot. Of, uh, there's already enough assholes in this world. Let's like, uh, let's get you know, let's chalk it up to the the good guy team or the good person dude team. You know, like whatever. You know, everybody can be an asshole. It's just better to not be. It's just so much easier not to be an asshole. And then, you know, being an asshole causes wrinkles too. And last time I checked, people are pretty vain. So it's like, if you don't want wrinkles in your face and you don't want to be all mad and shit, there you go. Just be nice. Smile, bro.
0: Like, it's not that hard. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I totally agree with that one. Yeah. Yeah. But like, like he said, you know, you don't have to, you know, be, don't be a jerk, people. I mean, honestly, yeah, yeah, everyone has their opinions when it comes to certain topics. Like, But at the same time, if you're going to, like, argue with. In topic, make sure you check yourself and make sure, you know, have stuff to back it up. Believe me, we get, like, honestly, it's like, you know, know, I love my uncles and stuff, but honestly, when it comes to politics, even our dad, it's like, we can't, they try to say, oh, we know, we know, but guys... don't know anything. They don't know, because like I said, they came into this country, you know, during a time where, you know, I know nowadays now, it's like really, you know... Now you can't say stuff. You can't say a certain things. Well, they grew up on that stuff of being persecuted. You know, being you know, you know, Seen ostracized. Like basically, yeah.
1: seeing something that they're not. Just
0: based on where they came from, and then they see it's happening to like our own culture, and they think, oh, they think they're better. Like, no, just remember, think what you came. Think back to your roots of where you came to this country. But like, it's the same thing like the X Men. Think about it. You know, compare our culture to the X Men. You know, their people. They're different, and they've been looking down upon by the human race. You know, they have mutant abilities, but at the same time, think about it. They're being looked down, you know, just because they're different. So that's like a good comparison, you know. We're basically like the X-Men. You know, we're different. You know, we're not like everybody else. We all have different skills and talents that makes us unique. So, like I said, you know, like I said, don't be a jury like, bro- like Beagle says, don't be a joke.
1: <laughs> sure, yeah, it's just... Oh, it it's it's very inflammatory. Like whether you don't see it in your community, but online, it's just people. It's very toxic. Like you can't you can't say something without somebody hitting hitting you from the other side without even bothering to like. And then and then what I think I run into a lot is like like I like to read comments. Also like what lurking, I guess you can call it. But like what I see a lot of is like people who are connected in reality, but then you go and they, and they go into these inflammatory, like, fucking comment bashing, or whatever the case may be, back and forth, and they're arguing, and it's like, when was the last time time you went and got, like, coffee with this person or hung out with this person? Like, when was this last time that's ever happened? Probably not a long time. Then you got, like, everybody come out the woodwork on some certain things, and it's like, we all have different views, but, like, now we can't, like, nobody wants to at least debate it. Nobody wants to come with some information, which is all out there. Like, holy shit, we live in a very crazy time. Um, and it just gets more and more heated the more and more things kind of get unraveled. And it's... Uh, it's like, it's exhausting. It's exhausting to want to connect onto your platform or your social media platform. It's... You know, like use it for some for productive means instead of going out there to let loose. Because that sometimes that's all people have is is going on Facebook and letting go or unleashing fury on somebody. With at the end of the day, all they were talking about is shoes or something, and then we <laughs> see oh well, Nike's better than Adidas. Like who the fuck cares? <laughs> it's all very tribal, it's kind of sad. It's like, um, it, not that it's not it wasn't present in the dead back then, but it's just like, it's like we're building religions around very materialistic things. Uh, that, that's not necessary. We already have religions in general. Like it's not necessary to have to build fanaticism on such minuscule things, like like ice cream. <laughs> or like, like I don't know. Cream. Like who the fuck cares? There's like, have you went to a Baskin Robbins before? There's thirty one flavors. If you're only going to be arguing why vanilla is the best, you got a lot of problems. Like vanilla, like that's like it says <laughs> in itself. That's such a boring flavor. Like it's mm-hmm. a great flavor, but it's also boring when you got thirty other choices. It's fucking Baskin Robbins. If you like, not the frozen section at Jewel. <laughs> like
0: What the hell? Uh, if you think about it, like what, like going back to comics, like what character do you like identify yourself with? based on like comics that you read like growing up you know what character do you, you know, identify yourself more
1: Oh, uh, wise uh, fuck I'm like a mixed of Peter Parker with a good a good mix of what's that guy's name um fuck uh, identify with the most uh, well I like Raphael I guess yeah I was talking about the comics yeah yeah more or less Raphael he's very you know very he could be arrogant and, and very sensitive to the world around him too and but he's also very, it's because he's got a good intention or he he doesn't like being told what to do. He likes to go with and show initiative, within his own path. But then he's like, he's also very caring and he does care for the people around him. He just has a weird arrogance about himself and he could be stubborn. And I, I am very much like that as well. Um, but as I'm growing up, I tend to catch myself a little more often with, uh, before I let somebody else externally do that uh, with self-realization and trying to just be aware. Like, so every day I try to just be as aware as possible about myself and my actions and, and just being conscious towards others. Uh, like I said, I don't, I don't like, I don't like when I'm, when I come off as an asshole towards somebody, uh, cause that's not who I want to represent. Like I'll catch myself fairly fast. Um, and like, yeah, there's like, I I get a little, there's like, I, I deal with, I deal with a lot, so there's things that, you know, I, I'm quick to, to, uh, just quick to catch myself, I, it's been quite a year, uh, even since last year, I've gone through a lot of stuff, um, but I learned, I learned a lot from it, and, and, you know, you gotta hit the bottom before you can come out on top, uh, but yeah, like, as far as identifying with the character, definitely the Raphael from the Turtles, uh, some some characteristics from him and then a lot of characteristics from I guess you could say the funny side of Peter Parker because I think I think he his, he came out more of his show when he was as weird as it sounds when he did have the costume on you could see him cracking jokes that's what I loved about Spider-Man too because he was very wisecracking and very comedic and that's how I am too like stand-up is a big deal for me I love fucking comedy and I love making people laugh um, I just like having fun with and creating different weird quips and, and just like I and like comedy is a big deal and like having a sense of humor helps in this world of, of course. Negativity Yeah, definitely. Like it's fucking life is crazy.
0: Definitely, definitely.
1: Um but yeah, like Peter Parker has that. He doesn't show up when when he's like by himself because he doesn't feel secure, but then he puts on the mask and the costume and he goes and saves the day, he's cracking jokes to the enemies he fights and that's something that was very I really enjoyed reading when I was uh reading the comics. Um. Oh. Uh. But yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, like I don't think I'll ever stop following. Like we'll see how far the Marvel Universe extends. But oh yeah, I, it's such a big money banker, and 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 since Disney has the reins, I don't. I mean, they're say what you will about Star Wars, but I'm just glad that we are able to still have Star Wars movies. Even this day and age, um, I thought after the Phantom Menace there wasn't going to be anything after that. But we're very lucky to see that go through. And and even with George Lucas not being there, I think say what you will, you know, it is somebody else taking care of it. But man, it's fucking something new. And don't don't be so hard on it. Like yeah, you know, you got your opinions, but just be just be excited that there there's always something new coming out to where we are able able to critique it and to do it because they're not doing it i mean yeah they're doing it for profit but they're nothing without they're nothing without people going and filling those seats they're nothing without us so at the end of the day you might think that we don't have creative control but we do have some sort of a a say in this in this intellectual properties and yeah you know disney took over because they're taking everything over but god just be open-minded like if so it's not fucking luke's it's not the Star Wars from the 70s that we grew up to love. It's not the original. But say what you will, like, fuck it. Like, it's something different. And then if you don't like it, go read the canons. Go read the uh, the graphic novels. Go read the the separate histories. There's, Star Wars is such a rich, just a rich, rich intellectual property. There's so much to read, so much background, so many characters. Like, there's so much, there's characters for everybody. So many other shows, like Rebels and, and the Clone Wars and all this stuff that is... They're, like, they're trying their best to reach out yeah, there. And it's crazy like how Clone Wars to, is coming yeah, back, too. <laughs> like, you get that, and that's gone, been gone for a while, and, and they're bringing that back. So, it's like, you play the video games, do something. There's so much to go about it. It's, like, it's a beautiful property, and it affects lives everywhere. And, like, fuck. And I've never gravitated towards something so strongly besides the Marvel thing and stuff. And, like, fuck. I mean, Dark Side all day, but, like, still. And <laughs> it's, like... The more you, the more you cl- close yourself off in this stuff. The more you're gonna like, we might not even see it anymore, and that's sad. I don't think I want to live in a world when there's no more Star Wars. It's like I don't want to keep watching movies from the '70s when I'm 70. Like I don't like. It's great, but it's like uh, I'd rather be senile by then. But I don't know. Like it's just the more and more it gets bashed, and the more and more people are getting are not willing to just be open-minded and see these things like if you don't if you walk out the theater and don't like it cool you don't like it and don't watch it anymore cool you don't have to watch it like I didn't watch solo but am I gonna fucking bash it no because I didn't see it but hey they fucking made him solo movie on Han Solo whatever like that's great I never he's not my favorite character but he is part of the universe and it's cool that they even gave him a movie like it's fucking whatever. Like it's fine. And if they give, uh, if they give Leia a movie, if they give Luke a movie, if they give, I mean, they can give anybody a movie at this point. They want to do. A yeah, like, Rogue One is like, awesome. I enjoyed Rogue One. One's enjoyable. Like say what you will, but man, if if you don't like it, make it yourself.
0: Honestly, yeah. Make there's it like yourself. YouTube. Yeah, there's YouTube. People make fan films, which is awesome. And believe me, fan films are really good. Like I do enjoy watching some of the fan films. You know, it's, like, all that effort that, like, people put into so like comes to creating contact. Like us, we have this podcast. We like to talk about stuff. It's, like, our outlet. So, it's, like, yeah, you could be creative. You know, it's a good thing. Like, be creative, you know. You enjoy something. You enjoy talking with a passion. Talk with a passion. That's what we do on this podcast. This is, what, our 17th episode of our podcast. And believe me, you know, we started, what, last year we started this and look at us now we're already de- 17 episodes down with this episode to be 17 episodes so like i said you know like i said thank you Biko, for like sharing us you know stuff you know growing up and all that and hopefully the next episode we do will be like a review or something over if you see something in popcorns that we definitely need to talk about we'll talk about it in the next episode um like I said I uh, thank you guys for listening to the Talking Pop with Fanchise and Biko. You can catch this podcast on Podbean and now available on Spotify. Um, you can also check out my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash network, where I provide the links to the videos. If you have any questions at all, you can pretty much comment on that. You can put posts on that page. I do have a Twitter handle. It's at TheFanchise85. It's on Twitter. Usually, if you have a question or you have something that you want me and Bico to discuss on a future episode of the Talking Pop of Franchise and Beagle, go ahead and use the hashtag TalkPop. After your question or suggestion, we'll look it over. We'll talk about it. We'll sit down. We'll talk about it for like an hour and a half. You know, like I said, this podcast is basically like, you know, we'll find stuff randomly when it comes to pop culture, like the next big movie or something we've seen, something we read, something we played. You know, I'll do interviews. You know, this is what this podcast is. It's basically an open forum for geeks such as myself and for people that love pop culture like my brother Biko. So, once again, you know, thank you for listening. I am the franchise. There's so much. Yeah,
1: I mean, dude, there's so much fucking. Obviously, it's a lot to cover in, in one one sitting, but, uh, we'll naturally express our opinions and I had fun uh kind of reminiscing a bit on what I've come through and what I like it's like cool and I'm always open to learning new things and and reading new material there's a lot coming out and we're living in quite an interesting time for for intellectual properties and and there's so much to like nowadays that you know don't just stick to one thing expand your horizons god damn it that's what we're here for to learn to love Learn and love. Learn and love. Oh, that was a lot. Uh, but yeah, we'll continue to interview people, learn a little bit about the others around you, and uh, just uh, just go enjoy yourself and try not to be so mean to others. <laughs> like, holy shit. Don't be an asshole, guys. If you can take something, just don't be an asshole. Shout out to Sweden.
0: <laughs> all right, guys. That's all we have for you guys. I'm the franchise. Uh, I'm Andy. As always, geek on and take care.